reading, <clears throat> a reading from the book of Sirach. Let us praise these men of renown, our ancestors, each in his own time. These were godly men whose virtues have not been forgotten. Their wealth remains in their families, their heritage with their descendants. Through God's covenant with them, their families endures, their posterity for their sake. And for all time, their progeny will endure, and their glory will never be blotted out. Their bodies are peacefully laid away, but their name lives on and on. At gatherings, their wisdom is retold, and the assembly proclaims their praise. Verbum Domini.
This is true brotherhood which overcomes the strife of the world. They followed the Lord and attained the heavenly kingdom. Vobiscum Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Marcum Gloria Tibi Domine As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man came running up, knelt down before him and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to share in everlasting life? Jesus answered, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. He replied, teacher, I've kept all these since my childhood. Then Jesus looked at him with love and told him, there is one thing more you must do. Go and sell what you have and give to the poor. You will then have treasure in heaven. After that, come and follow me. Verbum Domini. had to carry a cane because I fractured my leg. So one more reason why I don't want to live with their snow and I'm against global cooling. <laughs> Slipped in the snow, so that's the way it goes. But today we celebrate a great feast, the All Saints of the Seraphic Order. That refers to all the various Franciscan communities. And it's not only celebrating all those canonized saints, of course, it's parallel to All Saints Day on the general calendar of the Roman Rite, uh, November 1st, where we celebrate all the saints who have not been canonized, and uh, as well as those who are canonized. The church is filled with many of these uncanonized saints, and most of the religious orders have a feast just like this. We have ours in the Society of Jesus, November uh, 5th. Uh, we celebrate all those very holy and generous men, but men in our order and the men and women of the various Franciscan orders who are not so well known. Some of them were very obscure and very, very holy. Uh, and that is something that we commemorate today, hoping very much that we are among that group. That is our goal, to be among the saints. We're not here to be second rate. We're not the big box store. 
We are looking for holiness, and that's the goal of the church. Uh, they don't let non-holy people in heaven. You've got to be a saint to get in there, and everyone who gets in there is a saint. And this feast of all the saints of the Franciscans, of which there are many orders. As a matter of fact, you may know that there are three things only God knows. One is how much money is in the Catholic Church. Nobody really knows. Uh, secondly, how many orders of Franciscans there really are, because there's lots and lots of them. And we'll address that. The friend, though, by the way, the third is what's really on a Jesuit's mind. Only God knows that. But the uh, feast of all the Franciscan saints is a very important reminder for all of us throughout the whole church. St. Francis was very much part of his age. This was a time, the Crusades were still going on, kinda, kinda. People in Europe didn't want to go on crusade. In fact, the emperor at the time, of the Holy Roman Emperor in the West, uh, at the time of Francis, lived in Sicily uh, for the most part, and he preferred to have good trade relations with the leaders of the Middle East, especially the Sultan of Egypt. And so much so, the Sultan said, if you all want Jerusalem, take it. And the Emperor Frederick walked, went into Jerusalem once, but he didn't want to stay. And no, nobody was fighting over Jerusalem. They were much more interested in trade. That had a huge effect on Europe because the Europeans were beginning what's known as the medieval renaissance. St. Francis and St. Dominic and Thomas Aquinas and others are living at the time of the medieval renaissance. This was a tremendous revival. Books were being brought from the East and the universities were being founded at this time. Great learning was going on and great wealth. And St. Francis' father was part of that. He was part of a new middle class that came from trade for Middle Eastern products. He was in cloth. And by cloth, they especially, of course, they meant products from Europe, but also the silks and such from the Middle East that came from China through the Middle East and the brocades from Damascus and such. And they were wealthy. And Francis was part of that. And Europeans by that point had become much more interested in fighting amongst themselves than in fighting the Muslims because they wanted the trade. And he was part of that. And it was during an, a time of sickness and imprisonment that Christ encountered him, as we famously know. But what truly brought about this tremendous change in that one man was his constant interaction 
with Jesus Christ and with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was that relationship with Christ and this intimate engagement with the challenge of the gospel. That is what made the difference. Today we have the passage about a man who did not accept the challenge because our Lord said to him, go sell what you have. He loved him. You know, and the word emblipsas that he uses there to look at him was an intense look, uh, gaze at this young man because he was filled with love for him and said, you know, sell everything, come follow me. And he said no. That's why we don't know his name. Francis said yes. And his name has been applied to millions, whether among the orders of men, the orders of women, and the orders of the laity, that his name is remembered and given as an ideal for so many millions over the last eight centuries. This is truly remarkable. And it was something that was not only important for the salvation of St. Francis' own soul. It was an important, important engagement with the person of Jesus Christ and his gospel for the whole church because our Lord in prayer broke through to Francis to repair my church not merely as a physical building at San Damiano, but also a repairing of the church that had gone along with that culture of prosperity. The culture, you know, wasn't too many years uh, before he had founded the, the friars that the crusaders had horribly as a matter of fact, wickedly, contrary to the Pope's direct command, instead of going to deal with taking Jerusalem, they took Constantinople, a Christian city, and pillaged it because they wanted the wealth. They had changed from any sense of Christian virtue to becoming thieves. They couldn't but obey the Ten Commandments, and they stole and killed and committed great wickedness in the name of being crusaders. So this need for St. Francis to be our Lord's vehicle for reforming the church as well as his own life is extremely important. And this is an ongoing part of Christian existence. We can speak of the Ecclesia Semper Reformanda, the church that is always reforming. This is needed. Not reforming its doctrine. The gospel, the gospel is not our gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's rather 
conforming to that gospel so that we reform our sinful lives. And this is something that affected the laity and the clergy alike. And we see that there are so many orders of Franciscans for two different reasons. Sometimes there is a need for reform within a religious order. And the order needed to go through various reforms. And that happened a number of times throughout Franciscan history and Benedictine history and the history of all the orders. And those reform movements within religious life had great impact throughout the history of the church. When you look at the, uh, the reform that happened at the monastery, Benedictine Monastery of Cluny, became a whole Cluniac reform that transformed the, the church in Europe. And just as the Franciscans would do later, this is a constant process that goes on in the religious communities. The other reason that there are a variety, wide variety of Franciscan uh, communities is because there are also needs for new apostolates. And many times it's not about reform, it's about starting a new apostolate, such as there are friars here. They are called to serve in this ministry at the Eternal Word Television Network and are all everything associated with that. And that that's a specific apostolate. And many communities of women as well as of men were started to teach in schools and work in hospitals and a wide variety of other things that we have done. And you see that that diversity of apostolate brings out another quality of holiness. Holiness makes us distinct. The sinners are pretty much the same. They're, you know, you, you hear confessions for 65 years or 47 years, the sinners, the sins are part, pretty much the same. You know, after a while you hear most of them. And that's because sinners are boring. Saints, on the other hand, become ever more who they're supposed to be. They become ever more distinctive and unique. They're, they're not, they don't become unique, they already are unique. But holiness allows uniqueness to be developed without being disobedient without being someone who is contrary to everybody else, they be, the more united they become to Jesus Christ, the more united they become with his church, the more distinctive they become. That's why there's never going to be another St. Francis of Assisi. But there'll be many others who become distinct because they see in him something that brings out who Christ has called them to be. And he helps to refine them in a specific Franciscan way, just as those of us who are followers of St. Ignatius have a distinctive way we get refined and more, made more distinct. So we celebrate all these saints because they allowed Christ to reform their lives and use them to reform the rest of us in the church.
They also allow Christ to bring out their distinctive gifts and use them for the service of the church and the world beyond. And this is not only something we celebrate in Franciscans as if that's you know, just what they get to do. It's something that we celebrate so that we allow our Lord to reform us and bring out our own distinctiveness as well in order to become God's saints. <laughs>